This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher. And uh, our guest this week is a lifelong martial artist turned coach. Over the course of his career, he's lent his talents to the likes of UFC legend Ronda Rousey and a friend of the show, Neil Melanson, uh, coming to us by way of, uh, I believe, Hollywood, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hollywood, California, please welcome uh, Gokor uh, Chivichian. Uh, Gokor, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, my friends. All right. Well, we I, got, I, I pronounced everything right, so I'm feeling good. You did, <laughs> did a good job, my friends. No problem. Yes, All where right. are you guys calling from? Uh, I know it's the East Coast, but uh, where was it? Well, I'm I'm in Florida. I'm in Tampa, Florida, and Kevin is in uh, is in New Jersey. So, due to the magic of modern technology, we can have this at the four corners of the of the world of the country and still be able to have a conversation with one another. So, I am very excited to have you on the show because I consider you to be an iconic figure, and and, and I think the the majority of the the mixed martial arts world also believes the same thing. It's just that. For some reason, I don't feel like there's not a, there's enough recognition given to you, and in particular to the the, the highest in brand that, that that you have created um, from your gym. So, look, I, I think the reason is because I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I, no, I just saw your show, babe. You talk all you want, my man. What we here for? Yeah, the reason I think because the people I teach, I think they don't do. Uh, I make them uh, come to the champion. When they when they start coming to the big name, that's the time they have to talk about me, talk about everything, and sometimes they go left and right, run, running out of it, and that's why the people don't really they confuse. They don't know who they train. These people like uh, like Ronda Rousey or Carlo Parisian, Manny Gamburian, too many. I I teach too many many good guys are the champions. But uh, I think it's up to them to give me credit. Uh, but uh, sometimes they don't, and that's what happens, you know. Well, I, I don't like to talk about myself. I I, 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 I can understand and I can respect it. I can respect yeah. you as, as the martial artist that you are and as the instructor that you are. That you, you, A lot of times as coaches, we live vicariously through our students. It's not necessarily the way it happens, but – kind of like a proud papa like i'm not going to go out there and talk about what my kids do but inside i know they're great and i know that i had a big hand in making them to get to that point i I know we mentioned him at the top but i just wanted to say that neil melanson was very very vocal about uh, how important you were to to him and just mma in general so he's he's not one he's definitely one of the guys going around uh making sure people know you but uh, for those for those that don't, uh, could you? I know you you've you've had a, um, an incredibly long career spanning a bunch of different disciplines. Uh, give us a little bit of, of your history with martial arts. You know, um, 
when when I born, it's in Armenia. It was a part of Soviet Union. I was in Soviet national team. Uh, I com I competed different type of tournaments. I did. I started with the wrestling, freestyle wrestling, many many years. I come to national champion, and then I take sambo. You you guys are familiar sambo, and. Um, I was a Sambo national team, Russian national team, and then judo. When it comes uh, first time in Armenia, it was a it was a Koshin judo. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar Koshin judo. Uh, Koshin judo it's uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu today. So if you if you look at on the uh, uh, internet and you can just find out a little bit about that. Uh, what happens is uh, when the first judo comes to Armenia was a caution judo. Well, we do most of them the ground game, so it's like seventy-five percent in the ground, twenty-five percent stand-up. And then, but because I do sambo and wrestling, so my stand-up was great too. So we just uh, started with that, and then future changed to the Kodoka, which is the judo today, was more stand-up, 75% and 25 ground. So, but uh, that's what we started uh, back there when I was a young kid, you know. Let me, let me ask you a quick question about that. So, when, when you talk about judo as a form of martial arts, um, I, 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 I struggle sometimes with finding the relevance in modern the secondary form of judo the, the more modern form of judo in terms of just throwing i get the idea of throwing someone down to an epone as the part of their entirety of their body hitting on the ground to build the concussive force but yeah. what what do you feel about judo's actual practicalities as a martial art in that term uh, I think uh, judo is a very important sport uh, for every other sport you do. You know, like especially if you do jiu-jitsu, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If you look at uh, the tournaments, all the best, really best guys from Brazil or any champions are you looking at and you you really think they're doing a good job. Those guys are a lot, all the most of them are judo black belts. And they do also jujitsu. So what's happening in the game, if you really look at uh, your game, and the most of the time that you see the jujitsu game, uh, people are a pull guard and stay in the ground, which is they have a good guard. And uh, they, they play with it. But uh, if they stand up longer, if somebody doing a nice judo wrestling, so they, they're going to get thrown. I tell a lot of my students, in my, stu my studio, my academy, well, we're doing jiu-jitsu, we're doing judo, we're doing sambo, we're doing grappling. The grappling is the most strongest art where we have. Some lot of people think in uh, our academy is doing judo. And sometimes uh, when they're talking about Goku and they're thinking of judo. But actually, uh, we use judo on a grappling, and it's a proof for you as a Carlo Parisian when he moved to the USC. You see how beautiful he was at throwing the people around. And then also Ronda Rousey, same thing. Ronda Rousey is a judo. She's a judo player, but also she studied with me in judo. Also, she trained with the other people too. But her grappling, then 
what he she did, and she did the highest system, which is it's my system. It's it's kind of we create our own way to throw people. And look at this: Carlo Parisian is a judo, Ronda Rose is judo, but they are not really really judo. They are more like a highest system. You see, the Olympic judo champions comes to the UFC, couldn't do nothing, couldn't do uh, any throws. Uh, the way you see Carlo or Ronda or many anybody is throwing. The reason why, because the system, what we put it on, is different. It's not regular judo. It's not Kodokan judo. But we love judo. We compete in the tournaments. We've been a 16 years number one in the whole United States. The people was hate us. Every time we move, when we walk in and everybody were in the black with the head and everybody walking, says Team Hayastan, everybody just don't like us because they're scared from us. You know, like it's, it's the true things I'm telling you. But uh, today, uh, well, we also compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament grappling tournaments, judo tournaments, sambo tournaments, we do MMA, there's a lot of MMA guys. I have a, uh, the Bellator or go USC or just regular games, you know. Just what I'm trying to tell you, uh, uh, when you hear about me, everybody say, oh, Gokor, oh, it's a good, strong judo. Yes, it is. But the main thing is, is the highest system. What are some of the things that you focus on and some of the things that you train your fighters specifically to, to make their judo be more more uh, more effective in an MMA state? Or, uh, or, or just like, could yeah. you describe more about the Hyacinth system? Because it sounds yeah, like that's, that's what, what this is. That's what I was going to say. The Hyacinth yeah. system is very strongly combined with the wrestling, judo, and sambo. That's 50%. The rest of the 50%, it's come to the highest system, which is I created myself with those many years of uh, training. I'm doing almost 53 years I'm doing this sport. You know, it's a, it's a long time. <laughs> I don't. I look like a 30 years old. I understand. <laughs> you, you look good, brother. You look gonna, good, I my gonna, man. I was going to say a solid 25. So. <laughs> <laughs> We, you don't count the nights, yes? Ah, uh, no, 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 we did not. <laughs> yeah. So, so simply, uh, that's what really is the high school system is very combined, and I spent lots of time for uh, for me because uh, I want to create the stuff so I know I see when someone fights what you do. You you scream, don't do this, do this, that. So those don't do this, do this, that. So I don't want to do it on the fighting time. I want to do it when we're training. So this is what I created for my guys to compete and uh, to become a successful, you know. And that's what the, all the throws, all the moments and timing, it comes to right right time, you know. What are, what are some of the things, like you talked a lot about, having advanced knowledge of BJJ and judo, sambo and wrestling. And it's, 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 you know, it's stated and it's actually historically relevant and, 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 and documented that 
you are a high level champion in all three sports. One of the only three people alive that have actually competed and won at the highest levels of BJJ, Sambo, and Judo. What are some of the things that you would say individually about each one of those arts that make them special, that make them important, that make them relevant? Well, uh, I love all the arts. I love all the arts. I'm a, you know, all my life, like almost 53 years, I'm, I've been fighting all different arts. I never fight jujitsu before, uh, but I have lots of uh, black belt students come from jujitsu. Then we young guys, uh, they 20s, 25, 30s, but they're competitors. Uh, many times when I, I, you know, I'm not a those coach, stay like this and watch my student. I'm always trained with them. I fight with them, I train with them, I run with them, I do, I, I take care of myself. Every time I compete with them and they always tell me, uh, Sensei Gokor, you should go and compete in Jiu-Jitsu competitions. Because they said, look, I am a champion, I've been a world champion three, four times and you kick my ass and I'm 25 years old. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I, I never thought about to compete or anything like that after this age. But too many people, they're asking me to do it. And, you know, I decided last year I competed a few of the tournaments. And and it, uh, if I was, think, I, I'm sorry, I know your question is different, but I'm, I'm talking. I, this. Your, your show, brother. You talk what you want. I love you, man. Well, I was thinking it will be so easy for me to fight. <laughs> That's my son. Yeah, he was very helpful in setting this up. Make sure you tell him to give him my best. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, the important, I want to mention this to you. I went a judo world. I won a, I went a sambo world. I won a grappling. I won a, uh, you know, I've been a too many different world championship in my life. I've never been a jujitsu. So I decided to do it. And I'll be honest with you. I was thinking if, if, if I'm in my age, it will be like a piece of cake. And I'm going to walk there and just like a, play like a dancing way and come out. But I was wrong. <laughs> I was I was wrong, my friend. Uh, you know, I go over there. After 20 years, no competing, nothing. You know what happens after 20 years of nothing, you don't compete. And I feel nervous a little bit. I never feel nervous when I was a young kid. This time I feel it. Not because of I'm scared my opponent, I just nervous because I'm old and I can I can hurt myself easily and somehow somehow when I start competing I feel those guys are even older but very strong guys very very strong guys it surprised me it surprised me you know but I know I'm not going to lose it but I uh, know surprise me how good they are and you I know want to give a lot of credit to these guys and they. They black belt for no, nothing, so they, they 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 train all day life in the sport where I competed and just learned a little bit of the rules uh, like a couple months before that, and then I entered the tournament. I compete uh, a lot on the you know the the, the competition circuit, jujitsu competition circuit. I do fight to win, and I'm. 43 years old and I compete a lot with young kids and I also do the master's worlds and I, in my mind, sometimes feel like, Oh, you know, what are these old men going to bring to the table? I'm, I compete with, with these young guns all the time. And I 100% agree with you across the board. There's something about particularly 
at the black belt level, you know, you're, you're dealing with a black belt that has been training jujitsu primarily, especially in the gi, because there's nuances to the gi that's been training in the gi for, you know, 30 years now some of them have been and when you go out there and compete against those guys they are there and they're ready to win and maybe may 43 years old but they're training their asses off to get there it's, it's nowhere near as easy as you think it is and that's one of my goals to win that damn master's world at the black belt. i wanted a brown but i want to win it at black belt. yeah i i find out that after start competing with the gi without the gi i have to be honest with you i i have no problems i, I play with everybody Right. Even though jujitsu guys that jujitsu over fifty years, forty-five years, with the gi and with they take a gi out and they like, for me like almost I don't feel any. Especially somebody my age. Yeah. Sometimes when I compete with them, I I just I just looks like you take care of the sick man. You know, like <laughs> I don't want to hurt them. I I throw them and, and you know I just don't want to jump on them. So like that, but with the gi it was a little different because what I thought about it is uh, those guys are doing this uh, since five years old and they are 50s. So they're over 45 years they're doing this. And you know, every sport has its own trick, you know? And at 45 years old, they're learning how to do tricks. Me, I uh, just basically, uh, I don't know too much of the tricks on jujitsu. <laughs> I know one thing: uh, you just pass a guard and hold the guy and catch him in armbar. And they don't even allow for me to do leg locks, straight and heel hooks and stuff like that. But you know, I have to follow the rules. You know, I respect uh, jujitsu and I want to follow the rules. You know. Hey well, Kev, um, I I could be reading into this, but it sounds like Gokor is saying that if he if he meets you in the master circuit, he's kicking your ass. I would I would I would be care. honored and I would be honored to compete with Gokor in any format, in any time. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I never ever say in my life do I can kick anybody's ass. I always very quiet at the tournaments. I never talk bad to anybody. I respect everybody. Everybody trains so hard, you know. And uh, I I want to kick butt when I'm in the competition. So when I walk in, that's what the, my brain go. That's it. And that's what I am. But before that, I'm very friendly. A lot of people don't know too much of who I am. And sometimes people uh, judge me a little wrong without me, know me. So... And like sometimes people come to the Hollywood, they want to come to train with me, and then people say, hey, don't go to go course place. They're going to hurt you, and they're going to do this and that. I, it was, it's actually, it's completely opposite. My guys are so much respectful. People are the visitors. They're very, very nice. Longest, longest you don't have an attitude. You know, my guys are all fighters. They're all badasses, you know. But if you are nice to them, they are like a brother to you. But if you come walk in and act like uh, you're the man here and nobody, of course they're gonna kick your ass for sure, you know. But uh, I, like I say, you know, we are we are very respectful. Everybody come and train with us, and they surprise how respectful we are, and you know, they come like a family to us, you know. 
And you guys are welcome, of course. If I'm next time I'm I, out there, I'm definitely gonna hit you up. I go to LA. I go out to LA probably once or twice a year. I'm gonna make sure I come by and see Kev, you. Come, come pick me up first. I, I got you. Let's well, so stop by Jersey and grab him first. Stop by Jersey, come by and get me. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because yes. I've spoken to a few different people, Neil in in particular, and he he says that the the you know the culture at Highston is 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 tough. And, and, and you guys breed warriors and you breed fighters and you guys train hard and unapologetically so. Yes. Tell us a little bit why you you, you, you believe that's the, the, the truth and why you believe that's the way it is. It's like, uh, uh, like well, why are we training hard or yes. something like that? Yes. Well, I don't really know. Uh, be honest with you. I'm a little tough to my guys. I have to be honest. I'm very tough when I teach him, but I'm very friendly after the class. So after the class, I sit with my guys, I talk to them, I talk about everything. Sometimes I like to hear the bad things from them. And because uh, when you are very friendly and they start talking, oh, you know, I did this, I did that. And, you know, I want to hear all that, then I can give them a right, uh, right, uh, right way to go their life, you know, like sometimes I, I hear it without stop them. And then after that, I say, you know what you're doing is wrong. And you should do this, 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 this. Sometimes when you talk to them, they don't talk to you, uh, they, they life. But I see my students as, I see as a family for me, you know, like it's, I see uh, my son, I see my uh, brother, I see my everything, depends on the ages. Uh, but when I'm tough with them and uh, they respect me, you know, like uh, they understand I'm tough to them because I want them to be good. Like Ronda Rousey, when she trained, every time I hit him, hit her in the floor and she get up and her eyes was red and crying, <clears throat> she wants to smash me. That was she was. And everybody say, well, how come she cry a lot? I said, well, you know, that's because her heart, it's, it's, she's a warrior, you know, she doesn't like to lose it. And that's the way she always been in, in a competition or a, a tournament or, or training. It doesn't matter wherever she was. She was always cry when she's not doing what she wants to do. And I, uh, you, yeah. Uh, no, 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 you go, I'm sorry. No, it's something Caro or any other ones, you know, like uh, we got uh, Gigard Musazi, you know Gigard. He comes and train with us. Uh, lots of people are training. We surprisingly we got lots of Brazilian guys are now training with me. And many, many, many years ago, they they kind of uh, has an issue because we compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament, and every time we do some uh, leg or anything like that, they, they kick us out. Now everybody wants to do leg locks. <laughs> 35 years ago, when I was talking about the leg locks, I'm talking about do it and talking about nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to. Every time I catch them, they don't want me to do it either. And I've been in a training with, I don't want to make names out of here because I don't want the people thinking I'm talking about them. I've been in a lot of jiu-jitsu schools. They invite me a lot. And then said, okay, well, no standing. <laughs> and then it goes on the knees. And then when you put one knee out, said, oh, no, no, no knee out. <laughs> yeah, both knees are ground. 
okay, and then you catch leg lock, no leg locks. <laughs> and I, I told them, I say, I want to ask you something. Why you don't let me do those things? He said, well, you know, you, I, we don't want you to look good here as our student. <laughs> I said, yeah, but you don't think your student need to learn those stuff? You know, I'm here. I can show you guys. I can teach you guys what you worry about. You know, but they, they always talk to me after everybody go. They say, okay, now you can teach me, you know, when nobody's here and stuff like that. But I don't do that to my student, you know. If I don't know the technique, if you come to my school and you show some technique and I don't know, I would love to learn. And I don't feel like, oh, I am the coach, I am the god, you know, I know everything. No, that's not the way I am, you know. I think that's why I let my student go and train with other people. I tell them, if you know it's good for you, go train. I say, as long as you know this is your home, you do just what you want to do. Too many people come and train with me and say, Sensei Goku, please don't tell them I'm here. I say, you know what? You don't come next time. If, you, if your school doesn't allow you to go other place, I'm not going to let you come here anymore. See, I, this is why I, my students are get better, because they're learning from everybody, not only from me. They learn from you, they learn from tapes, they learn from other schools they're visiting. But one other thing, I don't contract my fighters because I want their heart be with me. And what happens, sometimes they go out, and everybody says things, hey, you know, I can give you more money. I, I make you this, I make you that. And sometimes they believe it. And this is why when my stronger students are coming to the, that level, they're already champion. They already make money. And then somehow they kind of listen to other people and disappear, you know. It's, it's, it's difficult for young fighters. It's yeah. when, when, they, when they get that money flash in their face, I'll, sometimes they forget where they really came from. It's one of the tragedies. I mean, it's, it happens. It's been happening for years, professional fighting, boxing, but, everything. But, it just the way it goes. But they're coming back. They're coming back after they stop making money. And I, you know, and I still take them, you know, I still take them because uh, they're like a kid for me, you know, like I grow, they grow up with me from the baby, you know. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, about leg locks because yeah. – Many, I mean, I it's I'm amazed by the amount of truly iconic leg lock fighters that have come from your from your system. Guys like Joe Bays, guys like uh, Neil uh, Melanson. You know, it's it's in in every one of them I speak to, I hold them in such high regard as these is these leg lock specialists. And every one of them always tells me that oh, Gokor submits me. 20 times every time I roll with them. There's, I've never, I've never, every time Gokor touches my feet, it's not even close. Tell me a little bit about your leg lock system and, and, and how, what makes your leg lock system special? Well, um, today I, I look at a lot of other guys are doing the leg locks. They're doing a great job. You know, I'm, I'm very happy to see other people are doing it. Like I say, 35 years, I'm trying to tell people to do it. And finally, this, what the five six years are they start doing it and they understand what what, what i was talking about 35 years ago but uh, uh the lake lake locks a lot of people they think it's come from sambo 
it's not, it's, it's some of them come from Sambo, I use it, but like I say, I created a lot of moves on myself because even the Sambo we're using like the same as like a jujitsu, straight leg lock only. Only the different in jujitsu, they don't let you cross your feet, what they call uh, reaping. Reaping, yeah. Sambo, right. you can do that. That's only the difference about jujitsu leg locks and a sambo leg locks. Everything else is the same. The other things is a different jujitsu allowed the leg locks only brown belts and black belts. Sambo, you can be at five years old and learn leg locks and do it. I think that's better for learning the leg locks uh, when you were a young boy. When you grow, come up uh, some po some point of the teenager and stuff, then you are the master of that. But in jujitsu, they allowed you to do brown and black, and you can be a brown and black maybe after 25 or maybe whatever. Then start learning the leg like that time. You're not going to be mastering that, you know. But some of people they start a little earlier. They're doing a good job. The different what I do, we are using our grip but we are not using our hands to finish the leg locks. It's whole body weight. It's the same thing as like a, uh, the, the boxing. You can, you can just punch or you can punch with your, with your body with the same time. So your body punch is a lot harder than uh, your just regular punch. There's a lot of people uh, that do leg locks, they're learning from uh, YouTube or any other places. Or some of them come up and teaching, but they are not teaching very well. And what happens, uh, hundreds of people watching and the hundred people doing wrong too. But uh, that's why I I did uh, some DVD for uh, Feneric, BJJ Feneric. Uh, I just explain a little bit what how we do it, with the, what's a different little bit of the, what other people doing. And uh, and then they understand that very clearly what is what we doing basically the twisting and uh, like the hill hooks and stuff like that we got like too many different ways that we do hill hooks and the people just thinking that one way the hill hooks works but it was too many different ways we do the I this couple of years I'm doing the hill hooks a little different with them I'm using my two hands. The holding the heels and using my shoulder and using my body with it. And uh, once I grab someone, and it doesn't matter how stronger he is, how much he he wants to get out of there, he, I, I can easy break his legs without any problem. With he cannot even run out of that position. Once I grab it, it's done. It's like a it's it's very simple stuff. But of course, you have to learn correctly, and you have to train. And uh, you know, if you don't train, you just watch. Of course, maybe a lot of other technique will not work. But you have to really understand that you know. Let me let me ask you another question. So, I had Joe Bayes on my other podcast a little while ago, and he's he's, yeah. he's a friend of mine. I've I've, I've know I know Joe Joe pretty well. We've competed on similar cards together. We're actually we keep talking about competing against one another, but we like each other so much. I don't want to fucking yeah. joke. He's my boy. Yeah, he's but a good guy. He's a very good guy. Awesome dude. We talked a little bit about the philosophy behind your leg lock system versus the philosophy behind 
like the Danaher type system and the way that Gordon Ryan and the mo- the more modern ways that jujitsu that, that the leg lock systems evolved in jujitsu. And the way I perceive it, maybe you can help me to see if this is correct. Yes. So I perceive a lot of the way John Danaher's approach to leg lock systems run as through the ashi or the entanglement first. So in other words, controlling the limb, pinning the person to the ground, immobilizing them, and then after that is accomplished, working into the breaking mechanics of the break. The way I envision the way Joe Bays and some of the guys that you have taught leg locks to work is that you guys go after the break first and thereupon funnel into other actions as your opponent reacts to that. Am I right in saying that? Is that is that off base? Is that correct in some ways? Uh, yeah, you know, um, the way I teach, and sometimes people, they're using the kind of little bit their own way to do also, and what they end up with, uh, what I end up with. Uh, <clears throat> like... Uh, what uh, it's not too much a different what uh, other people using the leg locks uh, today. They learn a lot from each other. They, 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 a lot of people watch my tapes and they learn a lot from me. And then you know, and then they go and they they create they kind of in a different way. They explain it their way and they change a little bit maybe possible. You know, things are uh, growing. It's all the time, and the people have the ideas. Like uh, John, it's a very nice person. Uh, meet him. I never met him before. Uh, meet him on a tournament where he come and introduce himself, and we come a friends. Just talk to each other a little bit, and he told me uh, he's a, he's a he's very fan fan of the leg locks. What I do and everything, and I told him I said you're doing great job too. Yourself are beautiful. And then um, uh, what he does, basically, uh, I cannot explain my technique as much as John can do it. You know, his English, it's 10 times better than me. And he, he has this cerebral level that's just the next level. It's, yeah, yeah. Listening to him talk, you just get lost. And it's just like, you're in awe of his way. He has, I cannot do that explanation. Right. You know, it just... For me, it's very short. Hold this, hold that, do this, do that. Put your leg here, put your leg that, and boom, <laughs> that. And, uh, you know, I don't say it's wrong, and I don't say it's wrong with the John, and uh, everybody has different type of way to teach. The one thing I know, he's doing a great job, and his students, some of his students are they're competing, they're doing a great job. That means he's doing a good job there. So, but uh, the I think I'm doing just a little bit different what the John does, and uh, most of things I use a lot of my chest and my body weight, and then uh, you know I think maybe uh, I don't want to say. Right, mine is better. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean that in any way, shape, or form to say, "Hey, is yours better or John's better?" I yeah. was just curious from a, from a philosophical approach, some yeah. of the different differences between your approach to leg locks versus uh, versus. And it's but, if you, but if you wanted, if you wanted to claim it was better, that's totally fine. Oh, well, because we're totally <laughs> run that clip. <laughs> I never, I never say what is better than what. You know, a lot of people asking me, what do you think is judo is better than jujitsu? You know what I ask? I say, if if you guys, if jujitsu guy is going to fight stand up, 
judo is better. If you go, if judo guy is gonna fight jujitsu guy in the ground only, then jujitsu is better. And what does that mean? Both of them has the better things. But if you learn both, then what happens? And you are great. You great the fighter. This is what I explain people. They always wants to know which one is better, which one. Because I do all, and maybe they think and I'm the right person to ask because I, I do everything. And you know, and I told them. I say, yeah, if, if you are a great judo player and you don't have uniform and your judo 50% lost, I, am te I was teaching the Ishii, I don't know if you guys know Ishii, from Japan. He's an Olympic judo champion. He come to my uh, academy without a gi and then uh, the guy who brought him and he said, Gokor, he's an Olympic judo champion. He's a heavyweight and he's, a, he's a, one of the legends in Japan. And I, I said, okay, I'm very happy to have him here. And he said, he's here for train with you and stay with you. And he wants to train him. So when we start grappling with Ishii, I was expecting Olympic champion. is unbelievable strong guy. He's heavier than me. I was thinking uh, I'm going to have a little difficulty with him. But when the ground game, no gay, no gay. Ishii would look like a beginner for me. He's like uh, catching like seven, eight times. And then I, I ask Ishii, I say, and his English is very bad, you know, and I, I tell him, I say, you never done the ground games? He said, yes, I did, but with the uniform. But when I put him in the uniform, a couple of days later, this guy looks like a completely different person. Completely. So that what I'm trying to tell you, a lot of time I've been a jiu-jitsu schools a long time ago <clears throat> when I had no gi and they, they I, when I grapple with people say can you put the gi on I said why you cannot grapple with me without the gi he said no we, we 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 like to put the gi on and I told them I said there is nothing wrong what you say is the problem is you have to train with the gi and you have to train without the gi you have to be good on both of them it's a two different world but you bring together See, it's embarrassing when somebody come and with a gi or without a gi and you tell him, can you put a gi on, please, because I don't know how to fight without a gi. In my students, I will kick their butt if they do that, number one. Number two, if they come up and they sit down on the ground and say, okay, let's fight here, uh, I, I tell them, no, the fight starts standing. You want to be in down, you'll be down later when I knock you on the floor. But now you stay stand up because if you're in the street, you're not gonna sit down in the, in the cement and tell them, come to me, you know. They will kick in, uh, your head will go away. So that's the reason why I want sport. I'm looking at sport, not only going to the judo tournament, jiu-jitsu tournaments, I'm looking sport to you can feel comfortable in the street. When you walk in, you know nobody can put you down. No, if you're on the ground, nobody can handle you there. And you know, of course, my students are coming to the grappling judo jujitsu. But I told them every Friday, you must do a kickboxing and boxing, even you are not interesting, because we have a world champion, a Russian uh, national coach, Roman Karmazin. He's teaching the boxing. We have Benny the Jet on the kickboxing. So 
I, it's a group family. Every one of them, every Friday, must train both kickboxing and boxing. They, we, we give three hour. Every grappler, every judo guy, every one of them, they must do that. And it's, we don't charge for it. So Friday, it's a family day. All the coach comes up together. And we and if the kickboxers comes, I teach them how to grapple. Grapplers goes to the boxing. So Friday, that's the family days are while we mix in the martial art. Because if you do grappling and judo, jiu-jitsu, and you don't know how to punch in the street, how are you going to survive? So you're going to grab someone if someone has something in the head and hit you in the head or in the ground or whatever. It has a knife. It can be an, a million, billion things, you know. So that's why it's always good to combine it sometime, you know, learn everything. What you I, think? Um, I, uh, yeah, you go first. Okay. You can I mean, first, I 100% agree with you, Gokor. I I will say this. I, I, I And I say this from – I boxed for a long time. Boxing was my first was my first love. I came up boxing. So, like, I take for granted sometimes that I understand how to close the distance and evade punches. And I think – Based upon like my boxing credentials and my boxing background, it's really less about being able to throw a punch and more about not just recognizing when punches are coming. So as I'm closing the distance to get inside my grips and put someone on the ground that I'm not getting hit when I'm doing that. So I still believe that that grappling in itself is the best martial art for self-defense in a one-on-one -on -one scenario. I, I work at a bar. I work. I'm a bouncer at a bar. Like I have used jiu-jitsu more times than i can count on my hands and fingers and it's very it's, it's like a superpower yes yes i but i 100 agree with you in the fact that a lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners and a lot of guys that i know that are high level brown belts high level black belts purple belts that think they have this air of invincibility because jiu-jitsu guys sometimes think that well i know jiu-jitsu i have a superpower like yeah. if you don't know how to wrestle and you don't have some kind of striking you're in for a pretty pretty shitty fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you get a hold of somebody, yeah, but you got you better hope you don't get hit in the face. In the I, I, yeah, I don't want to mention name. Look at the guys, jujitsu guys. I know a very good friend of mine. They world champion jujitsu. The young young world champion, not the master. And it comes to the one punch and two punches. All his jujitsu, he forget he trained jujitsu. Yeah. He forget completely. <laughs> I think what, it was uh, I, I think it was Max Ma I, I think it was Max Holloway that said like all black belts become a blue belt if you right. punch them hard enough. Right. If you hit it, every time you hit somebody in the face, they lose yeah. a belt rank. Yeah, that's uh, see, my background also I did boxing seven years. And then also when I come to America, I was competing. I was competing Shuto in Japan. I was competing a lot here and there. And, and, and my boxing has helped me. My wrestling has helped me. My judo has helped me. That time, there's no jujitsu, and uh, that you know, I was doing the grappling, and nobody knows about the, what is grappling. Actually, the grappling world comes from me, you know, because every time I was fighting, you know, Jean Labelle is calling me, grabbing, grabbing, go for it, grabbing, grabbing, taking down, grabbing. So the grab, 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 grappling this comes up at that word, and we don't even talk about it. And then it's funny when uh, we start using the grappling world, grappling word, then little by little, all the world start using the grappling, grappling, grappling. It was funny. You know, it, it's an interesting way to come to us and goes to the world, you know. But 
we was the first uh, first guys on and all this world. Maybe we can calculate that a few of us we kind of start all that stuff, you know. We had we had um we had a Rod Rashid. Uh, oh God, I can't remember the fuck his name. Rod, Roddy. Roddy Ferguson, Doctor Roddy Ferguson. You may know yeah. he, was a, he was a Judo Olympian. He's a good, real good guy. Friend of mine. He lives here in Tampa, and we talked a little bit about that exact thing and, and about how particularly before back in the days when you would have been training with, 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 with Gene LaBelle, that grappling just wasn't a thing in any form of martial arts in America. Everything in martial arts was all stand-up. It was all Kung Fu. It was all karate. It was all Taekwondo. Whereupon overseas in Japan or in, you know, in, in Eastern Europe, grappling and wrestling and judo had a place of dominance. So like, it's, it's just that the, the, the whole culture, wasn't there everything was striking 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 and now we see how completely dominant it is to be able if you don't know any grappling like i'll, I'll say this so if you're a boxer and you don't know any grappling i feel like you are way less capable of defending yeah. yourself than someone that knows grappling that doesn't know any striking yes yes i agree with you and i always say people it's uh, for me, for me, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very sorry for other people listening. Maybe uh, it will be not make them happy. But for me, as a sport, as a fighting sport, as you come in as a fighter, for me, it's boxing, kickboxing, tie boxing. This is three things are the striking and it comes wrestling. Jiu-Jitsu, grappling, judo, sambo, and the five different. This eight arts, if you train, you can be a dangerous. Anything else, you can train. You can train karate, kung fu, apkido, taekwondo. Good. I don't want to say nothing bad, but for me to... Get your hundred percent goal. That's uh, one eight nine um, uh, sports I mentioned. I like Olympic sports. Are they more uh, like a world championship, uh, judo world championship? You know what you have to do to become a world champion in judo. You know yeah. what you have to do. You have to be kick your ass years and years and years to be just a qualified there. Coming to the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, it sure. looks like you just walk into the shower, taking the shower, I'm a world champion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you a, a, a true, you know. You know, I, I'm i competing judo championship. I, I win the judo world, only the masters, when I was a master. I never can able to win when I was a young. And I was so good. I don't want to really talk about myself. I was so, so good. When I was in 1980, I was going to the Olympic. I was a young boy. There's a guy from uh, from uh, Georgia. He's a Cabarelli. He was the world champion and Olympic champion. He was 10 years older than me. We, me so we come together the last choice. If I'm going to Olympic or him. He beat me by one point and he comes another Olympic champion. So I was that good to become an Olympian and become a gold medal. But I never beat. Why? Because it's difficult. 
Yes. Judo come to the Olympic or a world champion. This, you're talking about. We talked about that with Roddy Ferguson. You're talking right? about you sitting here and you want to be a billionaire. So let's let's talk about that for a little bit because I I I watched your documentary. You still got some time? You want to talk a little bit more? You're good. No, no, yeah, no, I, have, okay, I have okay. another interview with the German uh, from the call from Germany, but I'm okay right now. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'm having fun with this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I watched um I watched your 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 a couple of your interviews on the Ronda Rousey documentary that came out, which was great. I really was a good. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth based upon Ronda Rousey. Watching that documentary changed my opinion of her. She is an amazing athlete and deserving of all the accolades that she She was an amazing, amazing athlete. The problem is she chose the wrong side and the wrong way. Yeah. She lost everything. Yeah. If she so, was with us until today, she will be the star. I think I I in my opinion, I believe that. I I I 100% I 100% agree with you. In that regard, and I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to name names, but yeah, no, 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 no names, nothing. It's okay. but I, based upon what I know about you, and based upon what I know about Hyacin, I one hundred percent believe if she would stay with you, we'd still be talking about how great Ronda Rousey is. Yeah, we make her a champion. Actually, that's right. where she come from, and she right. was winning what we right. teach her. Right, right. You know? But what I wanted to talk to you about because we talked a little bit about Olympic. Uh, wrestling a little bit about olympic athletics and one of the things you said on the documentary that i thought was pretty interesting was how a lot of these these athletes from other countries that compete in these olympic uh sports you know they're sponsored by the state they're sponsored by their countries and they're paid by their countries to go out and compete to be able to stay at the the height of their athletic uh potential and we look at an athlete like ronda rousey who's literally was living in a shed while she was trying to get ready for the Olympics. And, and, and it's it's kind of sad and kind of a travesty in that yeah. regard. Yes. What do, you, what do you think about that? You know, uh, I'm very, very sad of the, about it. Like Ronda Rousey, she, leave, she was leaving her car. She comes and trains. And most of the time when she misses a class, I get angry to her a little bit. And she said, Sensei, I have no money to put the gas in my car and come to training. So what can you do at that time? There's nothing you can say. She was a great athlete. She was uh, unbelievable. I don't think so in the United States, any girl can done what she done. And she can do still. Even today, she, if she just come back and start training in the next year, she come a champion. I, I guarantee you. She's so good. But uh, the problem is... Uh, not only being a good, if uh, about the Olympic things, and when she asked me, she wants to go do the MMA. I asked her. I said, Rhonda, you almost champion the last time. You lost in the last twelve seconds. You can come a champion, Olympic champion. Forget about MMA. Continue coming the Olympic. Then after that, you're still young. You can do MMA after. She said, No, I want to do the MMA. The reason maybe why, because she don't get no sponsors, she don't get paid for it, she don't get nothing, zero. Like I tell them, she's Olympian, she's going to Olympic, but she has no money to train. She's very lucky she has our school. 
she has a lot of other friends or a lot and she trained with before she lucky she have us you know like different but uh think about it if she have to pay for the gym pay for uh, everything she have not she don't have yeah. flights to, to these other countries to go compete i mean that's, that's mom, expensive yeah her mom helped a lot and her mom was inside the judo uh, federation so she was a number one and they kind of pay for her going left and right but uh, you know but look at this she's she can be olympic champion she is the third place in olympic she had nothing that time she walked to the MMA, she come a millionaire. Yeah. But why they don't take care of uh, uh, the Olympic competitors well, give them a place, give them a car, give them a money, train and represent country, you know? And yeah. they know there's a special someone, you know? It's, it's like, a shame. It's a Travis, shame. I think about that a lot myself. Yeah, Travis Senting is a great judo player. Now he's also a great jiu-jitsu player too. Yes, he's doing jiu-jitsu right. also. Yeah. Yeah, look at look at it. It's a beautiful, a beautiful human being, talented. Actually, uh, Travis competed with my son a long, long time ago. My son is uh, also they, they competed. He competed a lot of my students uh, the time when they was young. You know. Oh, okay. I got um, one more question for Kev. You got something? Sorry, but yeah, just a real quick. Um, you you speak about Rhonda, you know, despite uh, everything, with you 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 speak about her with like a lot of love. Uh, I can tell that you you still you kill you care about her very much and still believe in her. Uh, she, you, she's like a daughter to me, you know. Like I love her. Uh, every time I see her, we get I give a hugger and uh, train to do whatever I can, you know. But you know, it's her decision. Whatever has happened, it's happened. It's her decision. There's nothing I can say, you know. Okay, yeah. That I just wanted to comment on that very briefly. Like, do you still you still uh, talk to her uh, fairly often? No, I, the day she left the our school, I never talked to her and I never see her at all. You know, and it's not like I'm uh, keeping uh, myself. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk to her. And no, no, it just we never talked. Her mom come too many times to my place. She begged me to bring her back and everything. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. She left. She get brainwashed, you know, and then I just uh, basically, and I will not, I will never, ever go after my students. Ever. We, won't, we won't name any names, but I, I, I think even, I know the guy you're talking even, about. Uh, uh, Carl Parisian, when she, he left the time, I never called. And then when Carl come back, he said, you know, Sensei, go court. I'm, every day I was waiting to you call me and to I can come back. But he said, you never call me. I told him. I said, I'm your teacher. The student has to follow the teacher, not the teacher or the student. You know, yeah. that's, that's the way it is. You see, if I follow it and I start calling and everybody want to think I'm after the money, after this. I'm nobody's money after, you know, if I, I was the money, I was the business, I would make them sign a contract. I will never. I never signed contract to every of my students, even today. Even we lost later on, and people tell you must have a strong contract. For me, if they heart is not with me, they can leave. That's it. You know? That's that's impressive, man. I I, I, I think of you as, as a true as a true teacher in that regard. It's yeah, something that I that I, I I'm not nobody's after money. I am on there to make them a champion. I I I'm, I. I believe it, there's 23 guys I put them on UFC. I train them, 
when and you know the in, interesting uh, out of the 23 i think uh, 10 or 12 it start from scratch they start from the baby to grow you know so i i, I give them i don't like to take people from there and make them champion and then i tell them hey look at me i have a student the usc champion i can help them like uh, Gegard Musasi is a great fighter, but I don't make her make him uh, what he is today. I helped him, you know, as much as I helped him. He helped him or not, he knows that I, I cannot do it. But but when he's coming back all the time, that means it's something we're doing good for him. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, I I have one more question for you. Then yeah. we're gonna let you yeah. go because I, I I so it's. It's it's tough to have a conversation about grappling in the early '80s when you started coming without talking about someone that I feel like is probably one of your coaches, one of your mentors, Gene Labelle. Yeah. Tell me about how influential Gene Labelle was to you in in forming what your 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 ethos is, your 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 system is at, at Highston. Yeah, the first time when I meet Gene. The first question he asked me, do you know how to fight without the gi? That's the first question he asked me. What happened is when I walk in and he's gym, first time I come to America, I don't even speak English. I was 17 years old, but I was Olympian and in Soviet Union. I was Soviet national champion in, in adults with 17 years old. And judo or samba? Judo and samba, both. I, I, always, be, I always do both together. And then when I walk and he's he has Olympic guys that are going to Olympic and here he got, he, he, he got 30 black belts on his academy over there. I beat up all the 30 guys and every one of them one by one. And then he tell, and after we finish, Gene was looking at me like this. He said, can you fight without the gi? And I told him, I said, yes. He said, how you do that? Because you do judo in some ways, old gi. I say, yeah, well, I was a wrestler too. I was nine years of wrestling. Ah, okay. He said, I have a guy for you. He's, he's a Russian bearer. His name is Igor. He's a three-time world champion in wrestling. He said, can you wrestle with him? Actually grapple. That time, there's no grapple world. You remember? <laughs> and then uh, I, can you wrestle with him? I say, I say sure. And then next day, Igor comes. Igor is a 220 pound. I was only 165 pounds. And Igor looks like a giant for me. That <laughs> so me and Igor we start clenching, and I, I take down Igor, and uh, and then I catch him in an armbar, and and uh, and then Igor feel very bad because everybody's scared from him, and somehow some kid comes up and beat him up. And then, and then he said, let's one more time, one more time. So one more time, it's happened like maybe six, seven times. So I control him, catch him, choke him, all kind of. And finally, he gave up and he said, you know, you, you, you're the first man to beat me. You know, nobody beat me and stuff like that. Igor was a great man. Uh, he died uh, after three, four years later. I, I, I know him. I come a part of the family, Gene was a part of there to help me. And they're doing the like catch catch wrestling. You know, most of them are they more like 
for me it was nothing it's uh, new but it's uh, something I learned there too and like I said I always like to today also I like to learn it doesn't matter I see some somebody does a nice technique I don't know I like to ask him to do it so because I want to learn then once I learn the technique then I can find out a shorting or different ways or different combinations to use with it and I'm very talented on that part but then at that time uh, me and Gene uh, Gene teach me a lot of stuff he knows and then I brought my system crap that time there is no highest system but uh, uh, the gene with me, we, we come up the highest, we made the highest system. And that's what the way we start the uh, competitions, different here and there, all different type of competition. Then MMA comes up. There's no MMA, there's no old bar that time. Uh, when was it an old bar started? 86, 87, something like that. Then USC comes in 93. And I remember Art David. I don't know if you remember Art David. Yeah. He was begging me to compete at USC. And I was really want to do it, but I don't want to say things. Uh, some people don't want me to enter because they want to do only, they want to show the people striking is the most important. Uh, grappling is more important than uh, striking. So he said, if you entered, and I, we are same stylists, and it's not going to be really good for us. So, so wait a little bit. Then we wait. And then uh, what happened is uh, that all the USC fighters, they come and start training with me. And somehow, 1994, uh, 95, maybe 95, I have 500 students in my academy. Most of the guys are fighting USC. And I was teaching all these guys. And then, and then there's no way I can get up and go and beat the guy I'm teaching it. So it's kind of a little confusing, but I was making good money. The more money than uh, the, the USC paid that time. You know? So there <laughs> isn't, there is an alternate universe where Gokor just stops UFC one and the entire world is different. <laughs> Brazilian Jiu Jitsu what? It's just it, this, this guy from Armenia destroyed everybody. <laughs> No, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, today, uh, today I like uh, jiu-jitsu too. You see, I'm a, I'm a four-degree black belt in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And uh, they offered me many years ago, like 25, uh, you know, Machado brothers, they offered me to become uh, a black belt. But then I understand that every three years you change your uh, the, the level. But the time when I was 25 years ago, I was thinking it's not very important, you know, to be have a black belt or, you know, it's important that you go to the mat and destroy people. That's the most important for me. The belt is not important. But in the years that pass, when my students are start thinking about to go compete and now they want the instructor be there with a higher level belt. Then when you walk in, like especially IBJJF, you walk in there, it doesn't matter. You can be a 10 degree black belt and they want to put you in a first degree black belt because that you just basically uh, new for them. You know, your name is new. You know, the longest, uh, I have students uh, that come and train with me. I don't know if you know Rodrigo Antunes in Florida. He's in Florida. I, I, can, I compete against Rodrigo in a, uh, Rodrigo, in a, okay. in a tournament. Rodrigo, um, been trained with me many many times and it's years i think four years 
the game changed completely Rodrigo when he comes and he's a great 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 guy and um, and him and not only him and lots of today I have at least 15 black belts uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys on my academy and they're all nice people they they all here there to learn not important who's winning and what is winning and uh, who can beat who's in my academy nothing like that if you walk to my academy there's nothing who's winning and who's losing there's no such a thing it's all is trained so and you know if you tap it doesn't mean you lost just tap because you're careful not to get hurt because you want to compete tournament tomorrow and kick somebody's ass in tournament but you cannot take no risk not to tap because you can hurt yourself and you're not competing tomorrow. You know, that's the way is I explain it to my students. You are in a very dangerous, you feel like your shoulder is going to pop up or something, you feel it, just tap, it's just stop. Nobody cares and nobody judging at that time. You know? So for me, like I say, I love every art. I respect every one of them because I know you guys are trained so hard and to come a competitor or come a teacher, come everything. Come a teacher is also you have to train yourself. You have to really train yourself to teach your students to, to he can get, get, he cannot be old school, you know, like, oh, I know what I know. So that's, that's what they know. You have to study yourself. You have to see what is new, what other people do. You have to go with other people's brain to see what they think. Because it's it's always give you ideas and to combine and then teach your students, you know. Awesome, man. That's 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 such a such a a, a refreshing way to look at things because I, I feel like it, particularly in the terms of leg locks, just like what you said before, you spoke a little bit about how uh, yeah. when you would go to compete at other gyms and you train at other gyms, they would be like, No, 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 you can't leg lock me because I can't you yeah. can't make me look bad in front of my students. Like, bro, like I don't care if you make me look back. I want to learn, man. Like yeah. that mindset has crippled that ego and that pride has crippled the progression of jujitsu for, for quite some time. And I feel like we're starting to grow out of that. I, I still, there's still some guys that hold on to that, but I really feel like as a whole, the jujitsu community and the fighting community is starting to grow out of the fact that hey, I don't want to lose students to you. Like, yeah. no, let's just learn things, man. Let's get better. You know, together. Uh, Kevin, to be honest with you, it's changing a lot now. Uh, like you're talking about 20 years ago, uh, jiu-jitsu guys are always, if, if somebody teaches you something, it's not a teacher, it's a big problem. Don't listen to anybody. Don't go to anybody. I think it's changing a lot right now because uh, uh, lots of people start understanding it's a kind of little mix-up. It's important. This is why I have all the jiu-jitsu guys in my place because they want to learn the highest system. And you know what, the, even the Rodrigo, even the other people, they tell me, he said, we know the jiu-jitsu, we're doing 25 years. And now we want to learn your stuff. Then we got jiu-jitsu and your stuff. Now we are better than other jiu-jitsu guy. And it's true. That's the way it is, you know. That's the way if you if you open up your uh, brain and, and uh, you, you know, forget about your ego, then you can learn a lot more and you'd be a lot better. You know, but some people have ego, you know, my name is this and my, I'm here and there. I I was walked to the some people's seminars and these people are teaching a seminar, they get so nervous. 
ah, you know, like Sensei Goku here. And they asked me, Sensei Goku, what you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm going to come to your seminar. I want to see what you're doing. <laughs> that you are making me nervous. I said, why? You know, it, it's, you see, some people feel like that, but me and myself, I don't feel like that. You know, I, I, I like to see what other people do. That's the way you get better. See, because if I know what I know, maybe it's not enough to give to my students. And I don't, I don't work on myself, and my student will never be good. But if I know somebody, give me some ideas, I learn some, about something from other people, then, then I'm a teacher. So I go and think about and give me some ideas, and then ideas will come in and help my student. You, know? you, you The teacher has to do whatever he can do for his student, not to name, oh, Goku was my seminar. That's okay. It can be happened that too. Why not? Then people come, you know, BJ Payne was my seminar, so he was a UFC champion at that time. Nothing wrong, you know. I, I, uh, Eddie Bravo comes up uh, asking me, can I have a private lesson with you? It's okay. Why not? Everybody can learn from everybody. You know? when, when one of the things that I just, I can't stress enough, I can remember getting my black belt, and I know it's kind of cliched, but like when you get your black belt, you don't feel like, okay, I, my journey is complete. I know everything there is to know. It's like, no, like I, I have now, I have a better understanding of what jujitsu is, but it means I can learn from everyone else and I can take the things that they say. And just like you said, I can look at a technique and I can absorb it now, make my own little tweaks upon where I feel like it's going to be more important. Maybe there's a few little holes in it, but I can use that. And the, the, the day you quit learning is the day you quit living as far as I'm concerned. Anyone that says they know everything doesn't know anything at all. No. And, and the opposite. You know? <laughs> in the people, I was teaching a seminar in, in, uh, in uh, Greece, Greek, Greek country. The teacher, it's a big guy, big muscular guy. He's standing like this. He doesn't do no techniques. He doesn't grapple with anybody. Nothing. Zero. I was there. Uh, it was uh, over 150 people, and then I asked them, "How many people wants to grapple with me?" And everybody, me, 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 me. And I said, "Okay." Then end up 45 people, and then I have to grapple with the 45 people there. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I'm and I'm not a young boy, you know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm 57. You know, uh, some 57 years old they cannot get out of the bed, you know. But uh, I still play with everybody, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing good so so far. When I feel bad, then I will stop doing it, but I'm still having fun. And then after the seminar finished, and this guy walked to me, he said he wants to, he wants to, uh, he wants to, I give him a black belt. And I say, he said, oh, I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I like to have a black belt from you. I said, my friend, I am here three days. I give a two-day seminar. I didn't. I didn't see you doing a shit here. All day long, you just walk, standing like this, and head like this, and watching it. You know. I said, you want to get your black belt? Bring your ass here and grapple with me, and I, I. And then I can see who you are and what you can do. That's insane to me. Yeah, you know. I said you. Yeah, but in Greece, uh, teachers are not competing. They, they, they watching the student. I said bullshit. <laughs> you should know how to compete then can compete you know it's, it's watching like this your student is not to do your student my i have to feel my student you know like i have a great 
grappler uh, Karen Darabedian. I don't know if you ever see Karen uh, Darabedian. He's he been a, a couple, couple times in joke in Jiu-Jitsu World Championships. He won a couple of times. He did a good job there, and he also compete, uh, uh, competed with uh, Gary Tonin on the last uh, eBay Iowa or some, some place. They, they come even match. Uh, they're both going to leg locks to each other. It was a fun to watch. I don't know if you guys see it or if you don't uh, watch it later. But, uh, but all this kind of stuff, the people are uh, combining, and that's the, our system, basically. It's the way it is, you know, we just have no ego. We love to help teach and learn ourselves too, you know, so. Yeah, dude, I mean, I think uh, I think we're good, man. I think we're going to get it going here, man. I think oh, we're going to yeah, let yeah. you get off, man. I, 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 I Kev, I, I mean, I, I, I can't stress enough, like, you know, I, I was, I was very like, you know, amazed by you and as like a mythical being, and and, and being able to talk to you has really like made me respect you even that much more. Someone that has been around the grappling game for so long, no, nowhere near as long as you has. Like, it's an honor to be able to spend this time with you, and the, the information yeah. you give me has really been amazing. Both of you, Kevin's are Kevin's on there. Thank yeah. you so much, my friends, and uh, it was nice talking to you. It was a really pleasure and. Like I say, if you're in Los Angeles, uh, please visit me, and uh, you will be my guest, my friend. 100%. Um, Next time I'm in L.A., I'm coming out to see for, you. For sure. And I now have a reason to go uh, back to L.A., which is crazy. Cause <laughs> not, I, I went there once, and the traffic was such a nightmare. I'm like, uh, nothing will ever get me out there again. But you, sir, you managed to do it. Yeah, please. <laughs> it will be my pleasure, and uh, we honor for me you guys stop by and and, uh, you know, you will see what I told you, what I say. It's all true. You know, it's nice. Not, I have nothing to hide at anybody. I don't want to talk bad to anybody. Even the people I don't like it, I don't like talk. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like that myself. I, don't, I try my best. Sometimes I'm a little crazy and they slip out. But I do my best. I do my best to try to not make waves and respect no, everybody. No, I'm, I'm very cool on those things. And, you know, and. I'm. Uh, I do what I do, and uh, it, it, I just leave it to other people to judge. You know. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you, Gokor, for dropping yeah. by. This has been a, a very informative, deep dive episode of the Jiu Jitsu Times podcast. We're still doing these. Quarantine's still in effect, so we wish all of our viewers well. Stay safe. Hope you and you and your families are safe, and yeah. we will train again. Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> We'll Jiu-Jitsu will be back. We, I can wait to open a school and start training, and uh, I can wait. So I miss it so much, and I know you guys have missed it too. And I uh, wish all the world healthiness, uh, everybody be healthy. It doesn't matter what nationality they are. Everyone, every of us is a humans. You know, we have to respect each other. 100%. Definitely. Definitely. Even us here in Jersey, we, we're still technically human. <laughs> Even Jersey. <laughs> I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, and special guest, Gokor. Thank you for watching. Thank we you will guys. see you next time. Thank you, Good guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, buddy.